You can be seated. God's good, amen? I think that's the one thing I can tell you for sure this morning that God just reminded me over and over again as I was praying this morning is just how good he is. And I just believe that God wants more for us. I believe that God wants more that will come from us, but it only happens as we walk in his spirit. It only happens as we receive what he desires to give us. I believe that God is calling us. He's called his church. It's nothing new. It's not a new plan. It's what his intent has been all along is for us to be people who exalt him, who praise him. I feel like God put it on my heart to tell you this. Is um, Eric and Vivian are pretty awesome people in the Lord. Uh, they have been... They've been so faithful to Jesus in so many ways. They've been so faithful to the church, not just this church, the church in so many ways. And through them, we, we've seen as a church God's faithfulness. And when they pray, I, and I don't want you to think that, and I'm not trying to lift them up, I just want you to know this. When they pray, I don't want you to think that somehow they just come up here and start praying. Obviously, they've done that before. Last night, I was up here. It was probably about 9 o'clock, and I was just reading Scripture, trying to figure out exactly what God wanted to do this morning. And I don't know if she knew it or not, but I was up here. Miss Vivian had come up and was praying. And as she prayed, I, I could hear her praying in the, in the hallway, at, like with doors closed. She was praying. And I was texting with my oldest son, and I said, um, Vivian's up here praying, and I'm pretty sure she just slayed the devil. But that's really the cry of their heart is they want to see the Lord. They want to see God move. They want to see the power of his presence in his people. They want to see him glorified. And it's not just them. There's so many people in this church with the same heart. I could start calling names, but I don't think I have to do that. Listen, there are people who have that heart. My prayer is that that would be cultivated more and more and more through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. I told you I wrestled with the message today. I promise I'm not going to preach my usual 30 minutes, maybe 45 or 50 minutes. But there is something that I feel like God put on my heart to share with you. And I, I wrestled with this. And I didn't know how it would all come together. And I feel like the Lord's given me a little more clarity with this. We're supposed to be in Romans today. That's where the reading plan is. But I want to go to Joshua chapter 1. And I feel like the Lord led me there probably Tuesday of this week. And I started reading and it felt like the Lord just really began to speak to my heart in this. Chase, you tired yet? All right. Yeah, that's good, man. I appreciate you playing that long. Thank you, guys. What about our worship team? 
Awesome folks. Good musicians, but even better hearts. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you, where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. As I was reading that this week and just praying throughout the week, I really felt like God was putting it in my heart that this Sunday was to be somewhat of a turning point, somewhat of a shift. And I really honestly feel like and that God's been putting that in my heart for some time, that there was a shift that was to come and that there was a shift that had to happen. And, and I believe that's what God's doing. I, I, we've, we've had a great 10 years almost in ministry with this church, but I feel like God is shifting some things. I feel like God is reordering some things and bringing us clarity as to who we're called to be, not as Connection Church, but as His church, the church. And I feel like when I read this this week, what God showed me is in this is in verse 2, He tells Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. I don't think in that passage that He's giving Joshua information. I don't think He's just telling him, you know, this is um, what's happened, Moses is dead. I believe what God is doing is he's saying, Joshua, listen, Moses is dead. Now it's time to move on. Moses is dead. Now it's time to go into the promised land. And so when you think about that, remember um, that the Israelites had opportunity to go into the promised land years before. But they were scared, they were frightened by the people who were there, so they didn't go in. God told them that that generation of people would not go into the promised land. And so we literally watch as the Israelites have, have wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and they're, they're not really going anywhere. They're just sort of lost and wandering and walking around, not 
not getting to the place that God had intended for them to be. And to be honest, I feel like that is somewhat a picture of the church today, is that the church has sort of wandered and meandered around, and we've sort of just gone in circles over and over the same places again and again, and we keep doing the same things, expecting a different result, but nothing ever changes. But because it's not really that important, we just keep on doing the same things over and over again, and wondering why the world still looks like it looks. I believe God is trying to speak to something to us as a church to tell us that there has to be a paradigm shift. There has to be something that changes, something that moves, something that, that goes a different direction, that we as a church have to wake up and look at it and go, look, it might be scary to go in and take new ground, but I'd rather face the fear. I'd rather take God's word for it and be strong and courageous to go into new land rather than walk around in circles and wasting my time and wasting my life. I feel like God wants us to wake up and see that he's called us to go. He's called us to go into new land. He's called us to go into this community. He's called us to go into the state of Georgia, into to the United States and to the ends of the earth. He's called us to go. And I believe what he's saying is, look, you've got to wake up and realize that what you've been doing is not my intent, that so much of what happens in religiosity is missing the point. And we've got to open our eyes. And I wish I could open my eyes to see it even more clearly. I wish I could open your eyes to see it even more clearly. But I believe what God is telling us and showing us this morning is that if we will simply open our hearts to cry out to him, he'll reveal to us what it is that he's saying, what he's showing, what it's to look like, how we're to walk in it. If we'll just draw near to him in faith, if we'll cry out to him with our heart, if we'll lift him up and exalt him, then he will show us the way. But we've got to realize, people, that there's something's got to change. We can't just be content going through the same old, same old. We've got to come to a place where we recognize this isn't working. God, we want you. Just show us the way. God, speak to our heart. Fill us with your spirit of grace. Give us the ability to do what's not in our ability to do. And God, send us the way you want us to go. And if we will cry out to him, he will fill us. He will show us. He will guide us into his ways and his will. But we've got, listen, Jesus even said that you can't put new wine into old wineskins. When the wine ferments, it bursts. See, Jesus' kingdom was never meant to be stagnant. It was meant to expand. And I believe that's what God is calling us to. We have seen God do some great things throughout the years. But I believe this. It is just the tip of the iceberg. But we'll never, listen, accomplish what God wants us to accomplish if we just get stuck in this dead religion of doing what I think I need to do because it's the right thing to do. And maybe God will be pleased. And I can love me. And then other people will like me. And then maybe things will go good with me and we just rub the genie's bottle hoping that the genie pops out and he grants us all the things that we want and all the peace and all of these things when we 
don't realize that the peace and the joy and the patience and the love and the power and all of that is not in a system, it's in a person, and his name is Jesus. We get so blinded by the, the religiosity. And, and I feel like this, y'all, I feel like this. See, when the Israelites were going into the promised land, it wasn't just so that they could have a land full of milk and honey. No, they were to go in and do three things. One is they were to go and they were to take the land. They were to take it from pagan nations and they were to, to, to take over the land. The second thing they were supposed to do is they were to go in and occupy the land. So they didn't just take it and leave. They took it and then they occupied it. They were to take it and occupy, to live there, to inhabit it. The third thing they were to do is they were to transform it. They were to transform it and, and make it a different place. But see, now God's called his church to do the same thing. We're called to go into land, go into the darkness, go into the places where Jesus isn't known, go into the workplace where Jesus isn't known, go into the classroom where Jesus isn't known, maybe ridiculed and, 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 and made fun of. Go into the, 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 the classroom at school and love on some kids. You might not be able to, 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 to do everything you want to do, but you can show them the love of God. Go into all the world and show them the reality of Jesus to begin to transform it. And so the church is called to do the same thing. Take back from the kingdom of darkness what belongs to the kingdom of light. To go into the world and occupy it with the glory of God and to watch it transform as the image of God fills the earth with his glory. That's what God's called us to be. And listen, there's not, there's not a one, two, three step process to get us there. There's not a one, two, three, four, five step process to get us there. I honestly believe this and it's not trying to oversimplify it. If we're going to take, occupy, and transform the world for the glory of God, it's going to simply be because we came to God through faith in Jesus. We cried out to him. We, we cried out for boldness and courage, for love and joy. In other words, we cried out for his spirit. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus tells them, listen, if your fathers who are evil know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him. So many times, and I believe that it is important to, to be able to take God's word and apply it, and we want things to do to work on our marriage. We want things to do to, to work on our parenting. We want things to do to work on this or work on that, to be a better person, to not lose my temper. But listen, if the problem is that you're fighting with your wife and you're losing your temper with your wife, well, guess what? God's spirit is a spirit of self-control. So if we aren't living in our flesh, but we're crying out to the spirit, asking God to fill us, what happens? He fills us. We have a spirit of self-control. We begin to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. God begins to work in us. He begins to work out of us. And Jesus begins to change our life. He begins to renew our mind through the truth. And listen, there, there, I don't know 
I don't know anything better to tell you than that. With parenting, we need wisdom. Lord knows we need wisdom. But God says, if you ask me for wisdom, I'll give it. I'll give it abundantly, liberally. I'll pour it out on you. With, with, with every area of life, the answer is found in a person, Jesus, and the gift of the Holy Spirit that he poured out on us when we came to faith. And that we continue to cry out, God, fill me. God, help me see you. God, help me know you. Lord, teach me. It's another reason that community, we've been doing the connect group sign-ups and all. It's one reason that that's so important, that we walk with people who've walked past where we are, who've been where we are, so that we can learn from what the Spirit's taught them. But listen, nothing is ever going to be right until the Spirit is working in us. We'll never take, inhabit, and transform the world the way God has called us to got to move from this old system of focusing on what we do and trust listen trust that if I pursue Jesus if I walk in relationship with Jesus if I receive his love consistently even on my bad day when I think he can't love me if I realize the love of Jesus isn't just for me when I'm on the mountaintop, but it's also in the valley when I feel like I've screwed it all up, then something begins to happen inside of me that gives me an ability to do what I could not do before. He gives me something when I'm consistently walking in his love, walking in that relationship, crying out to him. He begins to transform us. If we will do that, if we will come to God's word, not as something we have to do. And listen, when you first begin to read the Bible, you're not going to understand everything it says. I still read it. There's a lot of times I read it and I'm like, I don't know what, I'm going to skip that verse. I really don't know what that talks about. Or either I'll have to go find a commentary or look it up and find somebody I trust to, to tell, help me understand it. There's still a lot I don't understand. But what I've seen over the years is if my heart in coming to Scripture is, God, I want to know you. God, I want to see you. Then, then he begins to reveal himself more and more. But if I'm coming to it just because this is what the church told me to do, then you might as well be like, I don't know, reading Moby Dick or something, right? The word is powerful and it's effective. But if we don't bring our heart to it is what I'm saying. It can't do the work that God desires to do. If we're not willing to submit our minds to his word as his ultimate authority, listen, the transformation in our lives can't happen the way God wants it to happen. And if our minds aren't being transformed, our life isn't being transformed, then how can we go into the world and then begin to transform the world around us? If we will cry out to God, he will begin to reveal himself to us. 
I was reading uh, on through here, and this has always been one of the verses or, or several verses that I've stood on as a Christian, as a believer, especially where he tells him to be very strong and courageous. I've always held on to that. I can be strong and courageous. Why am I strong and courageous? Because God will never leave me nor forsake me. And as the Israelites are about to go into the promised land, verse 10 says, Joshua ordered the officials of the pe- officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. And when I read that's this one verse, this one section where it says, get your provisions ready, I felt like God put that in my heart in a way that that's what we need to do. If we're going to make this shift and we're going to get away from what's broken and just this religiosity of going through the motions and we're really going to cry out and seek the Lord and we're really going to humble ourselves and pray that God would come and heal this land, that God would be glorified in this land, that God would be glorified in the world, then I believe if that transition is going to happen, we have to prepare ourselves. And I was wondering, I was asking God, like, what does that mean, God? What does it mean that we need to get our provisions ready? And I came to a verse in Romans chapter 5. And it says in verse 17, he's talking about how great the gift of God is. He's talking about how when Adam sinned, that everyone died, that many were dead. And he says, though, that the gift of God in Jesus is not like this. He says, how much more did, and this is in verse 15, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. So he's saying after one sin, condemnation came and judgment came. But listen, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. In other words, what he's saying is I want you to look and I want you to see how much greater the grace of God, his his love, his ability, his power in us to do for us what we cannot do. He's saying, look how much greater his grace is than sin was. Even though there were many trespasses, many things that had to be overcome. He says his grace was great to overcome these things. Verse 17, for if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more? Will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? I want you to see this. And it says, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision? When I read that and I thought about the Joshua 1 scripture of preparing Get our provisions ready. I believe that what God is calling us to in this season as a church is to learn to walk in his spirit of grace, to learn to walk in his spirit of power. If you've been around church, you probably heard grace defined as God's unconditional love, 
But it's so much more than that. It's God's power in our lives. It's his power of forgiveness, yes, that he's displayed in Christ. But it's also his power to do in us what we cannot do for ourselves. To walk in a way that we cannot walk on our own. But see, we have to realize, and this is what the book of Romans is dealing with, really, from Romans 1 to Romans 6. It's dealing with this fact that we can't earn this forgiveness. We can't earn this power. We can't earn His Spirit. All we can do is by faith come to Jesus. By faith come to God. And if we are going to take over, occupy, transform the world for the glory of God by spreading His image throughout the earth, it's going to be not by power nor by might, but by the Spirit of God Almighty. I believe God is wanting us just to put our eyes on Him, to look to Jesus, to come in faith. Faith being just trusting and believing in who Jesus is and what He's done. Realizing that right now as you sit here in and of ourselves, a sinner condemned, unclean, yet in Christ made right, made righteous, in right relationship with God. And that if I trust Him, I can come to Him. If I lean into Him, He'll accept me. That in Christ, God will not reject me. That I can turn from my ways. I can turn from the error. I can turn from the failure. I can turn from the sin. And I can come boldly before His throne of grace to receive grace and mercy in my time of need. My heart this morning is simply that we would begin as a church to cry out to God. That we would humble ourselves from our self-sufficiency. Realizing that trying to preserve our life doesn't lead to life. It's when we submit our lives to God that we really find life. If we will lose our life in him he gives us the life that is truly satisfying and it happens by faith I want to end the service again with prayer I want to ask you before we pray I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet one more time and we'll be dismissed here in just a second If you, uh, and you can be honest about this, you don't have to raise your hand because somebody next to you does, but you're here today and you feel like the Lord moved in, in you today. The Lord spoke to your heart in some way through the music, through the prayer, through the word, whatever it might be. I want you to raise your hand. The Lord spoke to your heart. Guys, listen, I, I believe God speaks every week. I do. I believe God moves every week. I do. But I believe this morning God wants us to be awakened and to taste again just 
piece of what he's wanting to do in and through his church. Today, maybe God has spoken to your heart and you realize that you don't have that relationship. Maybe today's the first day that you have felt the Spirit stirring in you. You know that God is drawing you to himself. He's calling you. And today you say yes to that relationship by faith, by trusting in Jesus who took our sin, the wrath of God, our condemnation. He died so we could live. Never said yes to that relationship, but today by faith you receive what Jesus has done for you. His grace, His spirit of grace. Today's the day of salvation, in other words. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. As you stick your hand up there. You've never accepted Christ before in your life. You just never accepted Christ. Stick it up high. I want to celebrate. I want to pray with you. We want to walk with you. You know today that God's calling you. I want to pray for us. Let's, let's lift our hands. Today, if you, again, if you say, Lord, I want to just cry out. I want to lift my heart to you, God. Be exalted in my life. Let's lift our hands to him today and just cry out to him. Lord, thank you so much for the power of your spirit. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for faith that you have given us this gift of faith that we can trust, we can believe, we can walk with you, Lord. God, stir our hearts through your spirit. Give us boldness. Give us courage to love the way you've loved us, to go to the world and share, God, all that you are, all that you've done, God, to be bold to share our story, our testimony with others about how you've taken us from death to life. God, I believe in all the things that you've done that we've been able to witness with our eyes. God, I believe we've just seen the tip of the iceberg. I believe, God, that you're calling us deeper to more. God, we love you. We, we do lift you up. We exalt you today. Thank you that you're a father who loves us so. Thank you that you gave your son to make a way for us to come to you. Thank you that you give your spirit into our hearts, your spirit of love that causes us to cry out to you. Abba Father let's walk in that love God let us occupy partake and occupy and transform the land that you give us Lord that you put before us in Jesus name